This episode is brought to you by Rick's Eyewear. Eyewear that inspires confidence. If you would like to buy some premium eyewear, sunglasses, blue light frames, prescription, head online now, rickseyewear.com.au and check it out. Caps has been Australia's home of headwear since 2012. From snapback to fitted, curved peak to flat peak, our hats will fit anyone and everyone. Since then, we've grown and evolved into the leaders of US sports apparel in Australia. Head online at caps.com.au and check it out. Righto, let's get into the show. Righto, we have royalty in the building. Ironman Series champ, five-time world paddleboard champ and world record holder, a great man from Tasmania originally, Matt Bevlacqua. Bevy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Tommy. Did I get the last name? How do I go with the last yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's a lot better than I've gotten past. It's fine. What do you normally get? <laughs> well, oh, anything, anything and everything. There's K's and Z's and anything thrown in there. Bevy's so, much easier than, is it yeah, Bevilacqua? Bevy's, Bevilacqua, Bevy, sweet. What's the origin of the last name? Actually? It's Italian, actually. Italian? Yeah, my claim, actually, my grandfather's Italian. He's the only Italian-born AFL player. He played two games for Carlton. And, um, yeah, so the Silvanis, all those Italian families, no one was ever actually born in Italy, so. There you go. Yeah. We didn't, go. I didn't know that. Yeah. Italian runs so. in the blood yeah well, we knew you were a young gun we're gonna get right into that let's talk about the sport that you're in um if anyone out there that doesn't know the man that we've got here today if you have Nutrigrain, like uh, I, I did a lot during my uh juniors and uh growing up and i have it every now and then when i've had enough of eggs and everything else you're on the back of the box like how cool is that <laughs> when you're on the back of a Nutrigrain box the back of the box yeah that's our that's that's <laughs> you know that's my claim to fame but um and yeah, the front it is, it is really cool is it the front as well or the back no it's no it's normally always the back yeah know? yeah hard to get a front spot they have been given up in the past because you know Nutrigrain's had 30 year relationship with Ironman so yeah front of the box is you know you've really made it but um yeah couple of the back of the boxes is all right. Mate, it's massive. <laughs> like there's 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 no better marketing really. Like there's that many that many people go through a box of Nutrigrain. You know, I'd, I could smack one in one sitting, you know yeah. what I mean? So, oh, yeah. It's, it's massive and it's, you know, kids kids recognize you because of that. It's not so much the sport, you know. It's um, <laughs> good relationship and Nutrigrain love it. So, um, yeah, we're the highest selling cereal for Kellogg. So, Nutrigrain, you know, they're pretty proud of their relationship. And we know why because the great man's on the back of the <laughs> yeah. box. It's all about the, uh, the promotion. But, mate, let's talk about I man and um the whole industry before we talk about your journey and how it all come about because a lot of people need to know um including myself i don't really understand it because i never grew up in that um environment as a little nipper what do you call them but yeah just talk to me about the the industry yeah it's it's a weird movement because um obviously there's the ironman triathlon so we're the surf ironman um so we do like surf ski like kayak the prone battle paddleboarding the swim and run so there's a, there's a few, like, formats that that comes in. So there's three main events for our season, the three big ones. It's like a um, Grand Slam kind of thing. Um, the Coolangatta Gold is our endurance championship, starts off the season, four-and-a-half-hour Ironman race. So ski, um, a swim, a board, then a run. And then um, the Nutrigrain Ironman series is the second Grand Slam. It's a, it's a six-race series throughout the summer. And then the Australian Ironman title is like a 10-15 sprint race as part of our nationals in March. So they're kind of the three grand slams in our sport. Um, and, yeah, it kind of follows the nipper movement, right? So, like, you start with um, foam paddleboards and running around the beach playing beach flags and beach sprints as a seven, eight-year-old at any surf club in Australia. And then you can progress through and you start kind of doing little mini Ironmans when you're like 12, 13, 
you progress to the big boards and then you start paddling surf skis at 16 and well, you know what? You might be in the Nutri-Grain Ironman series. So, uh, yeah. It's so it. cool. The Nutri-Grain Ironman series is always on TV as well and everyone's probably tuned in at some point. Um, obviously massive up here. Like what uh, – how much How much goes into – like how much swimming do you actually – can? You can well, oh, break it down yeah, for me. Yeah, the week's massive. Because so. it's, it's fucking yeah. – looks like hard work. Yeah, it's four, it's four different disciplines, right? So, you've got the surf, ski, swim, board, run and then you've got gym on top of that. Um, you've got all the different energy systems for each part of the season. So cool, I'm going to go to four and a half hour endurance race. Nutri-Grain Ironman series rounds 45 minutes. The Australian Ironman title is like 10, 12 minutes. So you've got such a variety to deal with. So you, you, your week changes throughout the year, you know, c- considering the parts of the season. But yeah, so oh, we, we train three times a day. So basically every day we're in the pool in the morning. What time? Um, five till seven. So I used to train... Like with Grant Hackett, I still train with Grant Hackett's old squad. I used to train with him for a bit and, um, you know, lots of Olympians at Apple at Miami here in, um, on the Gold Coast. Uh, and then through the day we do run or gym, so it kind of alternates. You do your run session or gym alternating days. Um, so the run, <laughs> we have to tick off all energy systems for the run. You know, we're track running. We're doing 30 minutes, 40 minutes continuous alternating. And then in the afternoon you kind of do your board or your ski session. Um on a Wednesday and Saturday mornings, they're the Ironman sessions. But yeah, three times a day, you know, thirty hours a week. It's um, it's pretty full on, but uh, Mate. it's good fun. You know, the 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 ocean's our office. Um, you know, I just live in the water. Um, in all kinds of conditions. You know, whether the sea's ten foot or dead flat, you have to train in it and get ready to race in it. And uh, yeah, it's, I, I reckon it's the best. You guys are machines, honestly. To to do what you do with like you're talking about. You know, like you said, you're doing endurance and you're doing the short, sharp stuff as well. It's in all all sports. Mm, yeah. you, need to, you need to be, yeah, you need to be talented, but you need to have a serious work ethic. Yeah, that's it. And I think for me, it comes from a love for the sport. You know, like um, we were talking earlier about, you know, I had to make a decision at 16, you know, to, to, you know, go to whatever sport it was. And I just loved this sport. You know, I wasn't great at it. You know, I grew up in Tasmania. I wasn't overly talented, but... Yeah, so the work ethic comes from choosing something you love and I think most successful people, you know, choose it for the right reasons in from a love of it rather than a natural ability or something like that. So, yeah, I know spending two hours in the ocean doesn't sound too good to anyone else, but, you know, I can paddle downwind for ages. You know, I can do those Ironman sessions out there for the cool and get a gold save for four hours and I reckon it's good fun, you know, paddling around the Gold Coast, so... It is, yeah. and it's not just the Gold Coast as well. You travel everywhere, don't you? Yeah, well, our World Championships is every every second year, so that's another. It's not quite a Grand Slam, but it's a pretty well-respected title, which because, you know, America, Europe, um, you know, France, they all have they all have like a strong life-saving contingent. So, like, yeah, Worlds is quite quite competitive. Um, so, yeah, we do that. Um, I've, I fly to Hawaii to do the World Paddleboard Championship every year. There's the Ski World Championship as well. So that's like specific components of our sport where, you know, lots of South Africans and Kiwis all do the surf ski and the paddleboard specifically rather than they're not so much Ironman. Well, there are. But, yeah, so there's so many like moving parts of the sport that you can really specialise in if that's a strength of yours and um, can take you around the world. So just, just on the Hawaii one, that's the one where you're unbeaten there. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah. So the World Paddleboard Championship, um, board paddling has been a strength. That's one of my disciplines that's a strength. And uh, yeah, so it's so board paddling is when you is it the one you're on your knees? Yeah, prone paddleboard. So like you're either on your stomach or on your knees, you can kind of mix it up. And um, yeah, so it's a bit of strength. And yeah, they have the World Paddleboard Championship over in Hawaii, and you paddle from one island to another. So the island of Molokai just off Oahu, you paddle 52 k's, and the trade winds blow right behind you during that time of year. So you basically 
you surf the whole way back and you paddle these specifically downwind paddle boards and they fly along going like on four minute k's kind of thing on the ocean that's just quick. on the board yeah so you go pretty quick and it's open ocean swells right so if you've ever been open ocean during a like big winds you know the open ocean swells are quite big and you, you can get like little runs that turn onto a big swell and you're actually like yeah you're really moving that's unbelievable yeah yeah so it's um you need a boat escort you can't really see any other competitors but you race you actually can't even see the island in the distance because it's 52k right if you're on the horizon so 52k is on a board yeah and you can't see where you're going no nah, no nah. so, so the you boat need your boat to yeah guide you and um, the boat navigates and you just follow that boat yeah yeah well you can kind of tell like because it oahu's obviously got massive volcanoes once you get it's 10k's in you can start to see but yeah it's um 52 52k's four minute ca- is it you'd be on the water for over two hours yeah yeah oh it's like um so i've got the world record which is like four hours 20 something four hours and you're the record for a paddle yeah, yeah. So you think, you're People the world record hours out there right it's like mate yeah and that's your specialty that's amazing the world record to be a world record holder in anything is incredible yeah um yeah. what's a lot how long have you had the record for um, so I, th- I think I set that my second last attempt, which was, um, just before COVID, obviously 2017, maybe. Yeah. So, um, Jamie Mitchell made the race famous. He's a big wave surfer from Australia. He won 10 in a row. Um, I've won five, but I, 10's not my goal. I've already, I think I've already, you know, I'll go back, but I don't know if I'll be doing 10. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's a famous big wave surfer. He's on the big wave tour at the moment. And, uh, yeah, so he set the record and then and then me. So that is um, so cool. It's nice to yeah, I've got a lot of friends and spent a lot of time in Hawaii and yeah, it's just a beautiful place and yeah, I love it. I'm yet to go to Hawaii and I want to go so oh, bad. Yeah, it's another world. It's another world. So when I go, I just call you. You'd know all the locals yeah, down there. Yeah, yeah. Just when you go through immigration, you know, I drop the name. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that is unbelievable. Do you reckon you'll have it for a long time? Like, did you set the record? Like, what's the gap between the record that you set? Yeah, like I was saying, I think. Um, yeah, I think I set a pretty good record. I, I, well, I think I set my best. You know, I did my best training. I had really good conditions. Like the wind was really blowing that day. So I think that was my fastest I could possibly do. Like maybe now I'm a little bit older, I could probably maybe a little bit stronger and could go a bit quicker. But um, yeah, I don't know. So hopefully it stands a while. It, it, it depends, right? The tidal and currents through those, you know, you basically got volcanoes on the top, you know, massive Hawaiian islands, but then you've got giant underwater volcanoes as well that go down incredibly deep so the tidal flow and currents are insane so sometimes it can go in your favor sometimes not so this is it so you would know the ocean better than anyone yeah it's a it you do learn a lot yeah for sure um it's funny because the tidal currents in hawaii aren't the things that really it's called the channel of bones right um there's so many you know deaths and drownings out there because the tidal currents aren't what matters it's what what the tide does when it hits the underwater cliffs. So you've got two kilometre cliffs underwater and when the tide flushes out, it hits the cliffs and then like kind of eddy currents backwards. So if you think the tide's coming in, it's actually like, it's actually curling out backwards. And so it's the complete opposite. So you have to look at these like, these charts that aren't kind of tidal, they're current charts. And um, yeah, it gets really complicated. So there's too. a lot of education yeah. involved. Oh yeah, you got to pick your line. You got to pick, you know, um, when you want the wind to be right at your back because it's never right behind you right so you're at five hours approaching five hours on oahu you want to you want to be lining it up well and you need to have a good line and you're in the open ocean so you need to really trust your boat you need to have a really good idea of markers you want to hit on the other side and yeah and you're racing all the while you know in massive wind and seas and you can't hear and see and yeah oh, the adrenaline goes through the roof yeah yeah absolutely it's it's a weird um 
everyone who does the race, yeah, it's, you go through a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of emotions in the middle of the channel. You know, you got nothing but your own thoughts, and this blue water is just you can't like only someone who's been like you need to go like the the blue of the water out there is just crazy, and you can just see for miles and see anything that goes under you as well. So <laughs> oh, oh no, <laughs> if anyone knows me, I was shit scared of oh, sharks. Mate, why not? Of course, like everyone is. You know, do you, you see? Do you see it. any of these creatures in there, especially oh, Hawaii, or is it? Nah, training my first year for the race, I was living on Sunshine Coast and I was paddling from Ulubar to Noosa. It's like a thirty-three kilometer paddle, and did the whole paddle. Like we got towards the end, was feeling really good, and just kind of went past Sunshine Beach and went past Hell's Gates around the corner there. And Noosa heads lines up Fraser Island, Byron. You know, they're the three headlands that stick off the coast of southeast Queensland. It's like Shark Highway. And anyway, I was on my knees. So, like, luckily, because if I was on my stomach, I don't know if I would have been able to go the way, but a great white came straight up out of the bottom, like full attack mode, and I just lifted up. Like, could see it at least and got up like that, and it just kind of flicked up under my board, tail flicked the water as it turned back down. And then it rose like 30 seconds later. And this is like out of a minute. I'll never forget it. I was terrified, like hard in my chest. And it came up out of the water. It's dorsal fin moving away from me. And it did a sharp right-hand dive on the surface. Like I saw the, saw the dorsal fin go like that. And I was like, I'm, I'm done here, you know, like just sheer cliffs on my, on my left, like just nothing to yell at or do it, go in or anything like that. And then it cruised back past me on my right-hand side and just eyeballed me and it was like, yeah, like a six-metre great wall. Oh. <laughs> and, like, it was paddling, right? I could keep paddling because I could see. I'd just stay on my knees. My knees would, my knees, legs were jelly because of just three hours of paddling, right? But, um, yeah, one of the, yeah, scary. You wouldn't want to just faint and fall off, would you? Oh, the scariest moment of my life, 100%. I can't explain the terror, like, of just getting stalked oh. by a shark with just, just your board. Like, so, that's all I had. Oh, and did, did it just swim off? Yeah, I didn't see it after that. But I was just, you know, for the for the next five minutes, I was still like, shit, just get in, just get around this headland and get in. Oh my god, yeah. man! It's uh, and it's the only shark you've seen. Yeah, it is pretty much. Yeah, lots of people ask me that. Like, I've spent just I'm 30 now. I've spent you know a lot of years out in the ocean, just doing treks up and down, and yeah. Not seen a lot, mate. But. It's the uh, I, I'm terrified. <laughs> yeah. Terrified. If you know me, I get in and I get out. I'm it's, not wasting any time it's in the a water. Funny thing, you know, like they're man hunting machines in the ocean. Like you put yourself at risk every day, and like there's a lot, there's a lot more out there now. You know that um, people, yeah, you know, people are protecting them and stuff, which is great. I, I fully understand that, but um, yeah, lots of lots more deaths lately yeah, especially here on the gold coast we had one and last in sydney yeah it's terrible i remember what i was doing my, my last year at the giants we're doing um simo a big shout out to him he's my like rehabilitation coach and he's more than that he's a strength and conditioning guru but we were doing all my calf program and all my you know just all my running stuff and whatever you have to do when you're buddy injured and mm -hmm. uh he's like come on mate fucking get a move on i want to go for a surf and i said mate you're going for a fucking surf. I go, mate, well, you, you want to get eaten? And he goes, you're an idiot, mate. He's been surfing his whole life. Sure enough, the next day, come in, you know, touch base, do some more training. He goes, mate, come here. And I'm like, what, what's up? And he goes, mate, you wouldn't believe it. He goes, there was a shark attack 30 minutes after I left. And okay. I went, you're fucking kidding. And it was only like somewhere. Yeah, it would have been. You, it, it, yeah, it's one of those ones you just mentioned, I think. And I was like, mate. I fucking told you. They're everywhere. Mm. They're popping up everywhere, man. I don't know how the surfers sit out there on those boards with the legs. Man, it's literally my biggest fear. Yeah. I think I'd that and heights, but that one first. Yeah, you just got to not think about it. Hey, it's um, 
yeah, it's full on. We actually, um, we got asked, Nutrigrain asked us to do a reality TV show in California one time. That was actually one of my first years in the series and six other six of us guys went over and we had to do this race in San Francisco and it's um, Channel 9 put it on. It's on YouTube. It's nuts. I watch it. We do this like four paddle, ski paddle under the Golden Gate and then we like jumped off our skis at Alcatraz and had to swim across the channel and there's just seals everywhere. Like San Fran is just, it's a gloomy place at the best of times and like, just didn't feel good. And I remember Ali Day was out in front and, like, he jumped off the scale. I think I was in second and I jumped off and he just was overcome with terror. He just, like, stopped swimming. He's like, get me out. Oh. Get me out. Halfway across the channel. And I, I I eventually got to a point that, like, I saw him stop, like, yelling for the boat. I was thinking, I reckon I, could, I should just keep swimming rather than just bob there, wait for the boat. I reckon I'm more chance to survive. Like, full fight or flight. You know? I, was yeah. like, I just need to get to the end. I just need to get to that beach. It was so scary, mate. Oh. There's just seals everywhere. It was just like goggles down. The seal would come up, look at you, and dive down again. I was just like, "This is so sharky." Because <sighs> you've like you've done all these things around the world. You just mentioned Hawaii, San Fran. What, what other places? When we we'll go back to the Ironman series and the mm. rest of it. But what other events are there that you've done are quite cool? Oh, it's definitely an Australian sport. I mean, the yeah, the, the Nutrigrain series is all Australian. But we've done some you know cool stuff in New Zealand. There's a lot of good New Zealand Ironman in the Nutrigrain Ironman series here in Australia. So. Uh, lots of stuff in New Zealand there and um, where else? Uh, I did Worlds in France. There's been Worlds in the Netherlands. We've got Worlds in Italy this year. I can't go to that one. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, you can still get around the world and um, obviously Nutrigain doing a few stunts and stuff like that's you know, opens the ticket there, which is fun. Um, but, yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride. Nutrigain are quite cool. Like, they're cool dudes. They do a lot of these, um, like you were mentioning, the, the one in Tassie just yeah. recently, wasn't it? Like, talk to us about that. Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah, they're, they're trying to, well, you know, they're trying to build a, like an edgy kind of brand, not similar to Red Bull, but, you know, a little bit like that. So, um, yeah, they kind of approached me and said, oh, do you want to you want to surf this wave in Tassie? And like it's called Shipstones Bluff. It's a very heavy slab wave just across from where I grew up in Clifton Beach in like Hobart. And uh, so I said, oh, look, I know a few of the guys. I'll flick them an email. So I flicked this Marty Paradisus, who's the pioneer of the wave down there. They discovered it. Well, not long ago, like 20 years ago, and he surfed it ever since. And I said, oh, listen, mate, I'm, hey, I'm Bevy, I'm an Ironman. I'm from Hobart. Um, would you, what do you reckon about catching a wave on? I actually put it together on a surf ski. I said, we catch it on the surf ski or the paddleboard. And I, I still got the emails. He wrote back on, yeah, shit, yeah, Bevy, let's, let's do it. Like, come down, you know, we'll surf it. It'd be sweet as. And, um, yeah, so two years later, all of it came together. A lot of red tape with a brand, you know, to get – put myself in it's pretty dangerous right like the paddle boards are big heavy and um to catch a wave like that if they hit you it's yeah it's not like a small surfboard so um yeah despite a lot of red tape and a lot of the other ironmen saying i shouldn't um we went down and did it you know it was a bit of a weird you know not those paddle boards aren't meant for surfing right it's just a bit of a stunt and stuff but uh yeah, we did it. So um, you got footage of it as well, yeah, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, have to get yeah, it. You we'll, might whack it up. We'll yeah. throw it up. We'll get uh, we'll get Braden here to to edit that one up and put it in so everyone can see it because I've seen it. And it's made it's uh, yeah. it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it was a weird one. I had to keep it, you know, close to my chest the whole prep. You know, the two years leading up to, it, I thought it was pretty crazy at the time. I couldn't really tell anyone. And then after I did it, you know, it was, it was a reasonable success. I didn't really quite get the way that I wanted to, but I got the wipeout that everyone loves. So <laughs> yeah. everyone enjoys that. TikTok that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they were happy with it. But, uh, yeah, I had to, you know, keep it under wraps for another six months. Couldn't tell anyone. Like oh. I was just like sitting on this thing going, this is sick. And then 
I remember showing the ambassador, like the other Nutrigan ambassadors, like the best in our like Shan Eckstein, guys like that, that they were my idols growing up. They're like, is that, is that you? Like, did you go and do this? I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, it's like, it's the perks of the, you know, the racing's what I love and what I'm most proud of. But, you know, the perks and the little stunts along the way have been fun. Yeah, they are cool. It's, um, it's always, yeah, they're, they're, ex- they're exciting, aren't they? Mm. Well, let's go back because um, it didn't start out to be, you didn't start out to be an Ironman superstar. Um, you grew up in Tasmania. That's mm. correct. It's a Hobart. Yeah. Beautiful place, Hobart as well. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, cold, cold though. Cold, not, very not cold. A fun place to be in the water. Too. And, I mean, little nippers. Mm. in Tasmania, Hobart, mate. It must have been fucking oh, freezing. Freezing. You know. What made so you want to do that? Most surf club in Australia. It's where the, where the polar bears, the Clifton Beach polar bears, right? So, um, yeah, just spent a bit of time down there. And it's just, it's it's a lot of fun, you know, being on the beach and um, hanging out with your mates and, you know, the racing and stuff. I really enjoyed it. So just uh, stuck with it. And, um, yeah, I love my AFL. You know, I played, played footy with a few, like Huey Greenwood, he's still playing, Josh Green, um, those kind of guys, Sam Darley, you might remember from way back. And yeah, so love my AFL. I thought I was really going to chase that dream. And um, yeah, just kind of had to make a decision at 16. I wasn't overly quick, you know, like needed that speed. And I knew I was going to be a tough journey moving forward for AFL, but um, wasn't overly talented at the surf either. Like I wasn't winning at state level, even in Tassie. So it was definitely a decision made for the love of it rather than, you know, natural talent, which um, which I'm appreciative of. So yeah, that was that. How old were you when you started? Um, so yeah, you can start at seven to eight. Seven to eight in like kinder nippers kind of thing. So is that when you started? Yeah, yeah. So is it really important to start young? You learn all these skills. I mean, you don't have to play catch up. Yeah, yeah, it definitely helps. But like a lot of kids can start 13, 14. A lot of really good pool swimmers, you know, in Sydney. Um, they'll be smashing in the pool and then they'll say, oh, the swim coach will say, listen, go dive in, in the ocean and you might be able to, you know, make an Ironman career or things like that. So, it's, yeah, it's not too bad if you start that. But you do need to start early. It's not like um, a few other sports, very finesse. Like you need to you need to be able to sit on a surf ski at 16 to really get control over it when by the time you're 21 kind of thing. It takes a long time to be able to sit in those skis and then go out through like 10-foot swells. There's they're insanely like tippy in the, like in the flat water, let alone in the big surf. Yeah, I can't even do them on a flat yeah, water, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, it's a lot of tricky little skills you need to learn. That's epic. So you grew up in Tasmania, you're a young fella, you went through the school. You're very intelligent. This is something that um not many people will know. What was your score at school when you Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, turned eighteen and I actually wa- like wanted to do medicine. So got the score at school, um, went over went over to Sunshine Coast to do a gap year. And just needed to do like the UMAT test, like med entry test. Um, and yeah, live with Matt, moved in with Matt Poole. It was sponsored by Red Bull, um, smashing it, leading the series at the time. And he just took in a little Tasmanian kid doing his little. Paulie's a great man. Big shout out to Paulie. Yeah, yeah. What's to get him on? We will. He's uh, he's he's got a he's got a bub. Yeah, any minute. Yeah, he's any minute. So um, probably when this podcast is out. So congratulations if it's already happened. But um, we will get Paulie on. But how did Paulie just say, you know what? Because he's <laughs> he's the man. He's like, listen here. Yeah, he's like, bring this Don't little. Don't go t- back and be a doctor. <laughs> I can't believe he's brought the Tasmanian doctor in. Like yeah. out of all folks, <laughs> he's brought you in, which is great. Exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, I just enjoyed you know living life a little bit more and got my eyes open to you know a bit more than what was um, offered in Hobart and yeah, I mean. I still think back and, you know, wonder what could have been, but uh, yeah, I definitely don't regret it. And um, 
yeah, never went back. So I ended up getting the med admissions test score uh, and decided not to go back home and just continued being an Ironman kind of thing. I still wasn't good. Like I still hadn't, you know, broken into the series. It took me two of the hardest years, you know, of like working and just trying to make ends meet while I was training, you know. So, um, yeah, eventually broke in the Ironman series when I was like 21. That's epic. And Paulie, yeah. was, it, was he at the peak of his powers then or was he still building? Like how good was Paulie at that point? Yeah, he, he was, I think he was almost to his peak, you know. He'd probably tell you that now. He, he was one point off winning the series that year that I that I came up. He won a round in Bondi in front of all his family and went out in the piss that night <laughs> and got like a bad result the next week because of it. Uh, you got to talk to you about it. So anyway, he lost that series by a point, but, you know, had a good time and entertaining time doing it. So um, that was one of his best years in the pink hair. He had pink hair and pink togs. It was pretty funny. They wear the cool, yeah, Nutrigain when yeah, you guys were Yeah, supporting breast, the Breast Cancer Foundation, yeah. which is great. But, uh, yeah, so that was a big year for him and kind of um, he just had fun with it, right? And he just showed me how much fun you could have um, just chasing what you love rather, you know, that's that's the reason to make decisions in life. So, yeah, I, like even though he does things a lot differently and, you know, that enjoy and has a good fun with it, I was just like, no, nah, this is, you know, I enjoy this and I can um, – you know, whether I make a career with it or not, I like to be up here and, yeah, keep doing what I do. It's so. so cool. And one thing with Paulie is obviously his work rate, he, he trains harder than anyone. Did he help, you know, guide you in the right direction early days? Yeah, I, there was Josh Minogue who was living with us at the time as well. Um, he went on to win a cool and got a gold. He was in the Ironman series as well. He was probably where I gained my, like, training regime from and work ethic. He was just – there was second and none in terms of work ethic. He was almost – you know, two, one of those harder trainers that didn't do it smart. He'll tell you that himself. Yeah, just went too hard. Yeah, yeah. He just loved the grind. He just loved it. And um, so, yeah, I learned from him. And then Paulie, Paulie I learned to, you know, um, he's a bit more of a smarter trainer. He knew when to rest and when to, like, what to say no to and what to um, what, what he needed to work on, as well as being able to promote yourself. He he was just, yeah, he's probably been the most promotable Ironman to ever go through the sport. So Red Bull picked him up. They loved him. You knew how to work with sponsors and knew how to get relationships. And in our sport, it's kind of a big part of it. You really need to do that well and you need to make ends meet in that regard. Otherwise, you know, it's kind of a short, short-lived sport. Even if you do, even if you're the best there, you know, you need to be able to sell yourself. And he did that so well. So it made it easier to get to training and work less and make sure I got to the top a bit quicker. Yeah, that's brilliant. For anyone that, like just for the actual listeners, the sport in general – how far has it come the last 10 years? Like, is it because it's you can you can earn some good cash now, can't you? Yeah, yeah. I, it's gone through like back in the day, your Trevor Handy's, Grant Kenny's, Guy Leach, they were kind of household names of your, you know, your and I parents kind of thing. So it was huge back then, uh, the Uncle Toby series, it was. And it kind of has gradually dwindled to a point where it's kind of like plateaued where we are now. And um, yeah, the sport's in a pretty good space now where we've got the Nutrigrain Ironman series. We've got the Shroom Partners Summer of Surf, two big Ironman series throughout the summer. You know, the money's there. Um, Channel 9 love to televise at Fox Sports, have the Shroom Partners Summer of Surf. And, yeah, so it's it's um, it's um going well. Um, it's definitely not probably what it was in the Uncle Toby's days, but, you know, it's, um, it's good fun. It's and, building. Yeah. And it's yeah. great to watch. It's fantastic to watch. I was saying to you that nothing better when there's a few blokes at the front and there's a wave and one bloke gets it. It's like anyone can win on their day, can't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the surf. You know, you got surf skills and 
it's it's not luck, but yeah, you can um you can have a day where you can be the best person there and you, you might not win. And it's all about consistency and staying at the front and a numbers game, right? So we used to call the greatest in our sport the professor. And he used to just be able to do calculations on the fly, you know, can he get over to that rip in the time that those guys can get over the sandbank? You know, what are the odds of um how many waves you'll cop, you know, if a set comes or if it doesn't come? You know, there's so many like minor calculations you need to make. When you're going in and out through the surf, you know, almost 16 times in 20 minutes, what what will work and what mightn't. And even when, it, even when you make the, the, you know, the percentage chance decision, like, you know, poker, it might not always work, but you keep playing it, you keep playing it, you'll get you'll get up. So, That's so yeah, so the, the preparation going into an Ironman series, is there's so much that goes into it, isn't there? Mm. Yeah, I mean, you've got to you've got to have those surf skills up. You've got to have your aerobic capacity. You've got to have your strength in all disciplines. Um yeah. You know, and then you've got the whole logistics and logistical nightmare of putting together all the pieces of the season, right? So I'll do Hawaii in July. I'll have the four-hour race in the Coolangatta Gold in October. Then the Ironman series all summer. Then I better be ready to fire and do my sprint, sprint Australian Ironman title in March, and then get ready for Hawaii again. Like yeah, it's, it doesn't stop. Yeah, it's it's a long year. Um, that, yeah, it's the, you, the choices you make. The training, and this is where we'll tap into the training now and the, get right into it. But like, you know, Olympics, for example, I've got, you know, just so much respect for anyone that's an Olympian or training for an event, but they have to peak. Mm. They have to peak for that event. Yeah. You've got fucking three different events there, four mm. or five different events all back to back. Yeah. How are you meant to peak for all of them? Like, is there a bit of a, look, let's just go for this because that's our better chance or not, nah, we're preparing to win all of them. Yeah, I, and that's what people do. You know, it's the choices I make. I want to do it all. I love the sport that I do. I even love the Hawaii stuff. It's all the same to me. Like, I just want to have a crack. So um, I'm very disciplined and I can do, do them all. Um, I, I have to say, sometimes I'm not at my greatest. You know, if I do Hawaii, then I do the Kulangata Gold. Sometimes I'll hang on for an Ironman series, but come March for the Australian title, I'll be pretty burnt out. You know, I'll be limping across the line. Yeah. I still get a solid result, but you know, I've, <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, and people understand it. You know, sponsors understand it, but it's just it's the way I roll. Like I like to make sure I'm there every single race for that. Like I've never missed, I haven't missed many races. You know, so I'm pretty proud of that. But uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a toss up, right? Like four years to peak for an Olympics. The nerves of that are insane. I'd probably rather have four attempts at winning a call and get a gold or an intro and Ironman series each year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're it's right. Like, when you put it like that, it's yeah, so more pressure on the one yeah, event. Correct. So like, yeah, at least, um, and get more enjoyment too. Like these, these events are huge. The pressure is massive, but you know, I look forward to it. Like the next comp I have is the call and get a gold in October. You know, I can't wait, you know, the sun will start coming out. We'll have a good crowd down there at call and gutter and we go in and out from call and gutter for like four hours. Um, with a few of the, best endurance I'm in in the country so yeah it's good get that opportunity every year do you get real nervous before then the the cooling got a gold last year I was really nervous and it kind of hurt me a bit I was in a really really good shape and um I just couldn't couldn't recalibrate after a few things happened during the race I think I was too tense so I like to say I'm not nervous but last last time I was um yeah I do get very nervous but um you know it's a constant you know how it is yeah like, it's always uh, – you're always developing that component to be able to deal with nerves. And as you get older, you get nervous for different reasons and 
you got to be able to, you know, handle that. So I'm um, always working on it. How do you handle it? How do you, like all athletes in, in your sport handle it? Is yeah, it's it's a hard one, right? Because a lot of a lot of our sport is up to luck. So you can't really go into it with too much pressure. Like if you say in Olympics, you're going with the, hundred, the fastest 100-meter seed time, you're expected to win. So you go in there probably with a baller attitude. You're like, this is it. Like you draw confidence that way. But in the surf, you've got to have a bit more of a humble attitude. You've got to be able to be like, right, if I get smoked, you know, like it's all good. I've got the whole race to come back. Other things can happen. It's just yeah. it's crazy. Like because, you know, you'll get smoked by a wave. You, they'll go forward. Then they'll get smoked. You'll come forward. It's just you, you've got to stay low in your um kind of motivation levels and just stay constant and, um yeah, deal with things as they come. So, yeah, it's uh, – yeah, you're always learning and um, dealing with it that way. Yeah, he's a cool sport the way you put it. You've got to have an open mind and uh, pray for some luck. Exactly, yeah, and and not be focused on the result. So, yeah, that's how I go into events. It's more like a process focus. It's like um, what am I doing in the next, you know, two minutes rather than what's the result I'm chasing so that can break it down and reduce the nerves as well as kind of I love to draw on the fact that I love being there, you know, yeah. like ignore – you know, ignore the crowd, ignore all this. Like, how good is it you get to just have a have a crack with the best here? You're in good shape, you know. Um, yeah, so and it's a great um, it's a great sport. Like from the outside in, since I've known you boys, like you all get along really well, don't you? So it's as competitive as it is, it's a real strong community. And yeah, it's all kind of cheer. It's like the best man wins, isn't it? It's not yeah. like oh fuck him, fuck you. Like it's like too good today, brother. But it is very competitive as well. So it's a it's a cool sport to watch. Mm. Yeah, well, I think that comes from the humility as well. Like you, you got you can't be going in there saying oh fuck you guys like. You, they could win on their on your best day, so you just uh, everything the the barriers get lowered in that way, and be like footy, you know, like injuries can hit, teams go up and down, you know, everyone's just mates at the end of the day because we're all the same. You don't really. want to get too too comfortable at the top or too cocky or just arrogant and nah. pushing away friendships that you can get for life from you know the good opportunity of the sport. So just yeah. on the sport and when you were growing up, before we get into all the accolades and what just happened the last few years, but. What's your greatest advice to the younger people coming through today? Because they no doubt look up to you like you've looked up to others. What, what's your greatest advice to them, whether they be eight years old in Hobart or you're 21 and have just moved to, to, to the sunny coast? Yeah, a bit of a mixture of those two messages is like, you know, go go at your training and go out the results with humility. You know, you don't, ha- you don't have to be winning. I see so many kids beating themselves up or you know, really upset they're not making finals at nationals or things like that. It's That's not what matters, you know. Enjoy the process, you know, have a bit of humility with what you're doing and with that with that love and enjoying the process, that's where the results come from. So, yeah, just enjoy what you're doing and stay humble in it. It's great. It's great advice not only for the sport, for other things as well. Yeah. Um, we love humble people. We love yeah. – we don't want cocky people ever. Arrogance, yeah. no one really likes it. Um yeah, well, let's talk about uh, like last year. I remember watching you? Bl- you blew your ankle up in one of the like. How do you yeah. how do you deal with one of your ankles of like a bloody watermelon? And you're like, man, I've got one more stage to go. I'm like, how, how are you doing it? Yeah, oh, that was it was a frustrating year last year. It was probably my most consistent year ever. I got a third in the gold. I won the summer surf series, second in the overall Nutricane series, um, second at the Shoreham Park, the finale next to Pooley in that massive race. Um, and then I stood up second in the Australian Ironman title and finished fourth. So, like, it was, yeah, incredibly consistent, but so many missed opportunities. And that one was one. You know, I was leading. It was, like, 10 foot on the Gold Coast. It was massive. Like, we could barely hold the arena because the southerly was so strong. 
And so, like, yeah, did my ankle running in because you were running our skis up the beach, right? Because the skis just get blown down. So, in order to get around the can, like, you had to run up the beach and then get swept about 400 meters as you were pushing out through the break. So, you could just get around the can. Otherwise, you know, if you went straight out, you'd just be like at Service Paradise trying to get out of Carroll, <laughs> like at Broad Beach. So, um, was running my skis sideways, the ankle fully like snapped over and like just full adrenaline from the surf and doing what I had to do. I didn't really feel much of it at the time, but yeah, coming in, holding the ski straight with the pedals, you know, you're flying down these huge, huge waves. You have to, you have to be able to press the pedals and couldn't press them, slewed. Uh, all I had to do was hold the wave in, would have won and would have put me equal in the series, basically going to the last round and bloody slew, swimming to the beach, ended up with the third and it was really costly. So, yeah, those little things matter, you know, and it's 10 foot. Like just being at the front of those races, uh, hard, like it's hard in itself and then a slight little problem like that. Yeah. The yeah. game in millimetres and it's not, you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's like all sports. Game exactly. of inches. Exactly. So Oh, that's great. So who's the top of, who's the who's the king at the moment of the sport? Yeah, so Ali Day went on to win the series and he went back to back as well. So he's he's flying at the moment. Incredibly hard to beat. But um yeah, new season next year and try and topple him and yeah, it's a good battle, you know. Like we all we all basically one and two in each round of the six rounds of the series. So um it's good to have that, you know, like it's it's healthy for the sport. Um and you know, it's healthy for me too. It's so yeah. motivating and um, I said no to Worlds this year just because I want to have a crack at the gold against him again. The gold's probably his specialty, you know, like he's just a freak endurance athlete. So have a go in October and see That's how we great. Go. So you're going to try try take him at his main event. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can't can't shy away from a challenge. I hate that. You know, I love love the sport, you know, and I love these opportunities. So it's not – I'm not going to shy away from it. I love that from you. I love that from you. <laughs> the training, again, we've already spoken briefly about the training, but like – Let's just break some of these sessions down. And are you doing anything away from the sport as well? Are you working as well? Yeah, I, I, so I, I, I'm a maths and PE teacher as well. So I can kind of do a little bit of relief in the down parts of the season. Um, but, yeah, it's something I'll hopefully retire with and just kind of brush up on my skills doing relief. So, yeah. yeah do a bit Is that like a sub-teacher? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to love them when they yeah, come oh. into the class. So I teach at the Southport School, a really prestigious all-boys school down the road. And um, the boys are just legends, you know. Just I walk in there and can they take me away from all the sport and all the stress of that. And they're just like, sir, what's going on? How's the Ironman going? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I just, you know, because you're the sub teacher, right? You've got to do a bit of content where you just chill out yeah. and talk, talk smack with them for a bit. And, um, you know, they're, they're great. And it's, it's, it's so good to like as, you know, in footy, you find that the guys who can really de-stress and get away from it and, you know, work, out, work on a bit of, cognitive skills as well they they develop in every area so i really yeah i'm grateful that i got through the degree and you know i've enjoyed a few years at tss now teaching and know a lot of the boys and um bring me down to earth so yeah they would yeah. that is yeah, brilliant cool. that is yeah. brilliant we used to love the sub teacher oh, <laughs> change cool. the name mate can you say you're here i'm going <laughs> they just say mr nutrigrain too they just call me mr nutrigrain i just thought oh nutrigrain Nutri- you know, <laughs> saw you on the back of the box this morning i was eating my breakfast it's like oh. you just gotta cop it yeah you'll like, cop it for the rest of your I'm life not even on the back anymore like i kind of got phased out at the end of last year ali's on the back now and they're still like yeah he's still there i'm like Boarding house seven you old Nutrigrain, mate. <laughs> you're, getting, you're, getting, you're not getting the fresh yeah. one. Well, there you go. If you see Bevy on the back, it's not fresh. Yeah, yeah. Is that who goes on the back? The winner of the year before? Yeah, yeah. It was like that for a bit. So, um, 
or if there's, you know, a cool story they want to tell because Ali came back from two broken wrists, so, like, fully snapped, and he came back and won the series last year, so cool story. So that's on the back now, which is it's pretty cool. So, yeah, that is – that's yeah, great adversity. Mm, just yeah, get over that. It's great resilience. Well. Yeah, I yeah. will. We'll get the great man get on it. the whole Iron Man. Get, get all of yours on at once. I want to pull you yeah, on with you. Open to the sport. I love it. I mean, everyone loves it. It's 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 exciting. Mm. And like you said, it's anyone can obviously the fittest generally win. But yeah, it's 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 a great thrill. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we, we, they normally have gone down to Portsea for the biggest round of the year. Like it's normally the biggest swell um, down there. So that we've I've never raced there. I've been in the series for eight years, and it just finished as I got in. So we've been pushing to get it this year. Um, it was. Almost there last year and COVID was still kind of, yeah. So, um, yeah. Do the boys light up when it's televised? Because yeah. I, oh, I know yeah. in footy, it's like Friday night, boys. Yeah, boys yeah. Everyone's <laughs> got the fade. <laughs> Some boys are like shaving their legs. You're like, you're going to be joking, are yeah, you? Yeah, right. They're so like, everyone kind of get, got Friday up. Night Friday night football. And even coaches. Different. They'll be like, really? no, we're tonight, boys. Everyone's watching. Because no one really, everyone goes out generally Saturday night, fuck Friday to finish work. They yeah, might have true. drinks, get home. Game's at 7.50. But Friday night. Friday night. It's like, boys, no That's hiding. So funny. So I would have thought like you guys would all just go out there night. Because the camera's on all the time, right? Yeah. They're not really like. You know the difference think, in viewership. Yeah, day games versus night games, but Friday night and even now Thursday night yeah. footy, it's there's nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah. you're at home. You probably got work Friday. Yeah, yeah. Watch the footy, and yeah, you yeah. know it's like whoever dominates. Oh, well, yeah, it's exact same for us, except we have three, you know, six Friday night games a year, so we're just like six <laughs> rounds. That's when you, that's when you shave on, you know, cuts on the Wednesday. <laughs> Massage, you know, make sure you got a few cups, you know, get the massage. I've got you know, the cups at the moment. Sure it looks legit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's done. Oh, he's, he must be in good form. <laughs> he looks good. That is brilliant. Talk to me about the uh, – so let's go like in the – let's go running. Um, how much running would you do and like what sessions are you doing? So on a Monday, we run after swimming at the track. So we'll do middle distance. It's um like 10 fours, you know, 800s, uh, Early, so leading to Colin Gettigold would be 1Ks. So kind of like that middle distance. Um, Tuesday, I kind of rest my legs. Wednesday, we've got our Ironman session in the morning. So in the Colin Gettigold, I'll be coming 6 to 7Ks. The gold, the run leg in the Colin Gettigold is 8 kilometres. So big one in amongst the Ironman there. Uh, and it's normally a faster pace. It's normally like a 4-minute K, 4-minute Ks, like holding pace. Um, Thursday, long and slow. So anyway, 40 to 50 minutes, long and slow, just to run, cover the time. It's just for time. Oh, so, so just run 50 minutes. Yeah. So that's the thing with our program. You go through periods of real fatigue and soreness and there's just so many interplay of so many different sessions. It's better to go for time rather than kilometers because you can just be feeling shit, right? But all you have to do is get through it. Run long and slow or as slow as you want. You yeah, just right. need to stay on the legs for 40 to 50 minutes or whatever the session is. So, um, yeah, I'll st- obviously progress to that. Um, Friday off the legs and then Saturday's our big Ironman session. So during the summer, that's a sprints, you know, lots of back-to-back Ironman. So swimboard ski, um, swimboard ski like three or four times with the run transitions. But in, in the prep for the gold, I'll be doing like a big run during the – Days or saying so, yeah. It's what's that? So it's four runs, yeah, with two including the Ironman. So um, it's a lot. Running's important, right? It makes you really that power to weight ratio really strong. So um, yeah. And, and then you got that's one bit you got swimming. Yeah, that's one bit. So the swims four times a week: Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday mornings. Um, six to seven k's. 
that's the base of our aerobic capacity. So, yeah, it's the black lines are horrible. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Talk to me about the black line. I did <laughs> when I did my calf. I remember doing these swimming oh. sessions, mate. I'd I just I'd never been exposed to the pool since I was a kid. Doing me mm. lessons, I bloody learn how to swim, and then it's you know you just do recovery, but. Man, I'd have to do, and this you'll laugh at my sessions, but I'll just never forget one day where this new bloke, Newton, big shout out again. He's come to the club. He's a new strength and conditioning uh, guru and he's looking after the rehab boys. And we were doing these swims, they were like 900 meter swims. And yeah. he's come in and I think the masters were on and I like, I'd like had a few beers and like stayed okay. up and watched it because I thought it was recovery day. We had a seven day break. Yeah. Anyway, all the boys had recovery. We went to icebergs and we thought recovery, massage, how good. We'll just put the head in the hole, get a massage, chill. Yeah. Goes, boys, he's the first week at the club. He's like, here's your swimming session at, at icebergs, 750. And like, mate, that black line, that cloudy line, it's no just, way. I was dizzy. Because, you know, like icebergs, how it kind of, the water comes yeah, over the top yeah. there. And I'm thinking, place, that's yeah. nothing. That is a, that 1,750 <laughs> meters. Like, that's a lot, but that is nothing to what you guys yeah. do. I mean, you guys are, I've got just so much respect, not only for you, but all the Olympians and that that do this every yeah, day. It's, it's, it's the toughest sport. It, it requires such a volume of training for what, so you say a 200-meter swimmer, they swim for like the, a minute 46. The volume in Ks, they, would, they swim like 10 sessions a week in the pool. Us gym just for that one so event they do like yeah kilometers and kilometers in the pool how know? many k's would you do in a set in one session yeah so six to seven k's per session <laughs> yeah so we do about a k warm-up um two kilometer pool set about a three kilometer main set so like 10 300s or something be the main set and then a bit of a warm down or a kick set something like that so you vary it up so like if you don't know it's like yeah it's like you know you tell me how, go and play a footy game like i can't play like a four like how do you run around and get hit by f- for four quarters mm. like that's full on yeah it's all relative but swimming's this real finessing where once you learn the skills of it all of our disciplines are board and ski once you learn the correct technique and you know how to swim properly you can just glide through kilometers yeah like, without any you don't it feels like you're not doing anything maybe that's what i need because i definitely ain't gliding <laughs> <laughs> it's not a glide it's just oh, and it's hard still, work yeah. and you're just looking you're just like how fucking much longer do we oh, have to go it's gonna get out this pool screaming and yeah but it's beautiful for recovery there's no impact you know if you can get you know your short shoulders probably the the first thing to go if you can get them just conditioned you can just yeah get that aerobic conditioning from nothing no impact no injuries and do you find it's great strength as well for your upper body yeah yeah i mean it's not it's it's very fluid when you've got the right technique it's all a rotational thing right so you're not actually pulling you know lots of beginning swimming is you're pulling water it's all rotation so you've got to rotate your torso through like a you've got to pretend there's a string through the middle of your body and you rotate side to side okay so when you swim you actually go to side on so that yeah yeah there you go i'm so doing it wrong all, I'm, no, yeah, i'm all, pulling mate <laughs> yeah you're not actually you shouldn't be pulling anything with you you're not using your arm or your bicep i'm pulling that water like as hard as i yeah. can ian thorpe could never do a pull-up couldn't do one pull-up yeah yeah no, so all, there you go all uh technique and you know how it is it's like kicking a footy 50 meters you aren't you know it's all about yeah perfect timing per everything all the little things right to be able to get distance rather than the biggest quad or the strongest yeah. leg press you know so we've just mean? touched on the running and that's a middle distance running and all the other stuff so you've done the swimming 7k session yeah that's one session you got four of them mm. a yep. week and then so the, the other two mornings the wednesday and the saturday there are ironman sessions so straight away that's kind of our base like the swim 
the swim, running, and the Ironman. The afternoons will rotate or uh, ski, then board, ski, then board, ski, then board. So we finish on the Friday night with ski. Um, so you do three skis, two boards, and that's it. So, yeah, you're basically doing the three three weeks. So on the Tuesdays I don't run gym. Friday that I don't run is gym. So two gym, four run, yeah. And the gym, what are you doing in the gym? You've been doing obviously all, the whole body. Mm. Has the I know oh. you're a bit sore at the moment. Yeah. yeah, so this is kind of – I was in Hawaii last week um, and then, yeah, so – yeah, just get back into the gym and back into swimming. Shoulders are burning. You know, it's all it's all relative. Like, I still need to progress to the point that I was those distances. And, yeah, everything's screaming, but it's very specific in the gym. Lots of pulling movements, a couple of press to just balance out the shoulders, um, a bit of core, lots of, like, st- st- stabilizing core. But, like, today I walked in, like, 25 minutes, smash out my four or five different little um, subsets and that's it. Yeah. Because it's it's a fifth discipline, right? There's already four different disciplines you're doing. Like you, you just can't. You can't go too hard in the gym. Yeah. Yeah. You need And you need that strength. You need like to be nice and fluid in your swimming and ski paddling. You don't need, you're sore and you just tighten up. Everything in our sport is like strength through range. So like, you know, you've got to be so flexible through your shoulders rather than incredibly strong and tight. So it's it's a, it's a tough interplay. This is where the, all of that hard work of not only just the foundations before comp, but let's go to recovery now. The recovery side of things would be huge like they are with every sport, but what do you find works the best? You just mentioned swimming is an amazing um, recovery method, mm. but what else do you do that you find works for you? Yeah, I mean, after a big comp, swimming is key. You know, it's so good to die, especially after the surf and the impact of racing in big surf. So on the Gold Coast, we had a lot of rounds here this year in big surf. Just go straight back to the pool. Um, really long, slow swimming. It's such a – like to have the skill of being able to swim efficiently is so well, so good to warm down. Um, and then, yeah, a massage and cupping. I swear by cupping. Love it. So I literally just got the cupping yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Because I've been getting it sore back. I think it's from just being – just sitting down a bit yeah. more. But So do you want to do some cupping? And I'm like, oh, yeah, go on. And it's like all those marks on your yeah. back. I didn't realize yeah. that they'd Did pop up. Did you feel up. it? Did you like Yeah, it? it's great. It's actually – I've never really – I've only done it's it a couple of times, but like, they when they do cup it and then they move it. Gliding, yeah. It's actually like a massage yeah. as well, but yeah, yeah. I, I rate it. Yeah, the gliding's key. Yeah, up like the up the both sides of your spine gliding or you know, across your chest, the gliding's just as good. But um yeah, it's just it's so efficient. So when you go to have a massage, they can work on an area. Cause like as an athlete, you you need a long time to be able to get deep enough. So you can kind of massage it, stimulate blood flow, then you put the cups on. And once the blood flow is stimulated, the cups work a bit better by drawing it out, drawing all the lactic acid and all the, you know, shit stuff to the surface. And then the capillaries can circulate it a bit better. So it kind of works well as the massage, like, you know, relationship yeah. kind of thing. So and especially if you're getting your back cup while they're working on your legs, you just, you know, yeah, it's just a save you 30 time. bucks anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We've, um, me and Brio have a set at home. So like if you get like a knot or something, you can just, bang them on they're really cheap you can just buy them yourself oh you just do it yourself yeah because uh, uh, like massage is hard right you're not going to sit there and do that but just the cupping itself especially after a session when you're still um circulating you can just yeah there you go a little trick on, of the trade just go buy your own in front of the tv and <laughs> cups on <laughs> that's yeah that's brilliant yeah and ice good. bars you boys do many yeah yeah we've got recovery massage center down the road at miami and uh yeah we go in there and um Lots of infrared sauna. That's where I got my massage yesterday. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. RMC? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I was yeah. there yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Great place. Yeah, she does good cupping there too, actually. Um, 
Yeah, but it's an awesome one-stop shop. So you go in there, sit in the sauna. A lot of the Suns boys are in there. Yeah, actually. that's why I went there because um, Brando and Rory. Speak, yeah, yeah, speak he hot. lives in there. Yeah, Brando, Brando loves, loves it. Every time I go in, I was like, oh, mate. <laughs> yeah, so go infrared sauna. Like this is kind of a conditioning. So 30 minutes in the infrared sauna is really good. If you're a bit injured or you just, um, you know, you can just chill out and get a bit of conditioning just from sitting in there for a while. Then you jump in the pool and rotate, you know, like just hot, cold. We just use the hot cold one. There's a few others, but yeah. rotate hot cold maybe four times, and it's just so good. You like, it's just relaxing. You mm. walk out of there, you feel like you've had a bit of a session, but you're also relaxed, and you've also had a bit of muscle muscle recovery. Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, like, recovery is the best. Mm. You need it so much. Well, mate, that's that's super. I mean, that's pretty much the sport, isn't it? Like we've touched on the sport for anyone that doesn't know it. I mean, probably the prize money. Something I haven't asked you about. Like, what's the what? What can a what can someone earn? You know, is it like it's a full time? It's a full time wage, really, for the guns mm. and the guys in the middle. Are they doing a bit of like? Yeah, I mean, there's probably like the top three or four can earn between 100 to 200, and that's always 50 percent contracts, 50 percent prize money. So if you know you have a bad year, you know, like in terms of prize money results based, you can drop drop that in half. Um, so, being, then, so being injured would suck. Yeah, yeah. It's not like a, I always think about that, you know, AFL injuries. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, they're injured, but they're, they're getting to cruise. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like Unless that. they've you got – You want to be competing, right? Well, most players do have matchy. We call them matchies. So yeah, it's the same yeah. real thing because yeah. you can you can earn up to thing, you know, but you are – yeah, you've got a secured income generally. Mm, yeah, and I mean, we do as well. Like our contracts are secured, but it's a lot less, so it's 50-50. Um, yeah, so – been lucky, pretty lucky with injuries anyway. But um, yeah, like the the middle income guys, oh the middle, sorry, results based guys, they're they're working a little bit, and that's the hardest thing, right? You need to be able to commit to the results base and say you shouldn't be working for money. I've always said to like the young guys up and coming, you know, they're working really hard, saving up money. I'm like, just just commit to a few years of working to make ends meet, and put every single free moment into your training to see how far you can get before you know. And then after that, make the decision to write all right, a bit more career space now that's really focused on the work side of things. So pretty much go all in is your advice. See where you're at. If your results aren't really doing, you're not getting any results, you're probably not good enough, come mm. back and maybe do a bit of half-half. Mm. And then, you know, depending on if you can balance it yeah, out, there's a better exactly. way to do it otherwise. Because if you just, like you said, if you're kind of half pregnant, as they call it, if you're half in, half out, you're exactly. not really going to be able to compete with blokes like you, are yeah, they? Yeah, especially if you've got time to do the work later. I mean, it's each person's different, right? If Say there's a uh, there's a budding lawyer in the series. He kind of wants to make sure the law is there, the law degree is there first and foremost, and he wants to become a lawyer. So it's a nice like Olympic sports. You know, they're, they're a bit more side, side business, amateur side. So if you want to do that, that's fine. But I kind of say, look, for the 2023-year-old, 20, 20 to 23-year-olds, just see how far you can get this. You know, you can work from work to your 70. Like, do that all you want, but give this a shot for at least three years to see where you're at. So it's a hard one. You know, I wish we were paid like. <laughs> well, I think you should. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's, it's, it's like the Olympians as well. You know, they work, you should be paid more. Mm. Put yeah, like a few of those, you know, new sports, the, you know, the medalists from like the BMXing and the skating, you know, they're all like 18, 19, just making it in and. You know, they're not getting paid. It's kind of an amateur sport. Now they are, but Yeah. But the thing is if it, it's not that they need to be paid. It's not about money. It's about actually surviving and living. Because if you mm. can't like you just said, if you can't 
the, I guess the the counter to what you said is like, yeah, all good doing that. But if I can't pay my rent, I can't pay for my nutrition, mm. my recovery, mm. how the fuck do I last in this sport? So I've got to go get a job. And if you go get the mm. job and you don't get the sleep, you know, like it's, yeah. that's why, that's why Olympians and, you know, all these people that do this amazing things for the country as well, they need to be paid. Mm. So we can just keep, so that all those ends can just at least be met without met. having to worry. Yeah, about, yeah. And then KPIs like, forward. yeah, yeah. Then put the tournaments up and and yeah. all the rest of it. So, mate, what's it like uh, before we get into the, our sponsors and our little questions we've got? But what's it what's it like when you're in the lead in an Ironman series and like and you just got a couple more events to go? Like, do you do you get a bit nervous or what? <laughs> There'll be a bit of chirp amongst the group. Is there a yeah. big WhatsApp group or is it just stay focused? And nah, like I said, we, everyone's just so like we're a bit we're a bit soft in that area, you know. We don't we don't give each other ribbing like that, and I don't feel you don't really feel the pressure because anything can happen, you know. Like it just can go south so quickly. So like even though you're leading, or it's not like in I suppose in footy or in anything else where you. You know, if you're in front, you kind of need something bad to happen, whereas in our sport, anything can happen at any time. Like, you're never safe. Like, even though you got the lead, yeah. So, I don't, I don't yeah. really feel too much pressure. Yeah, like it's that. good. That's great. Yeah. It's what it makes it a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. Now, you, I've got to mention the t shirt you're wearing, the brand you're representing. <laughs> it looks fantastic. Big shout out to Squad and Fawzi. Yeah, I just saw Fawzi up on the wall there. He's pretty far down. <laughs> he mustn't have made a cocktail break. <laughs> Not as good as you make clothes anyway. He's a guru, Fawzi. <laughs> Mate, how, how's that going? You're obviously, you, you own the brand as well? Yeah, yeah, a little ambassador for Fawzi. And um, yeah, he's just, he's done great work with it. And I was kind of um, been with them for a few years now. So he's kind of taken over with it and just, yeah, smashing goals with it. And um, great year and yeah, just love it. So he's um, he's just a legend, you know? Yeah, he's done yeah. well. Yeah, he's a great man to be yeah. around. Met him at uh, the Vodka and uh, the Vodka Soda Boys. They have a few parties and he's oh, always yeah. the man around yeah. town. Yeah, whenever he comes around, it's always, oh, we're getting, the, yeah, just I'll get one round. I'll get a case round. I've, <laughs> I've got it sorted. He's everywhere for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a good man. Well, mate, we've got a uh, segment. So take, it's your choice for the hats there uh, from Caps um, for everyone out there, the home of headwear. Um, again, thank you so much for the support, yeah, guys. First off, yeah, that's you. Much. That's you, the uh, Boston, Boston Celtics. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that's not the Celtics, but they're in the finals. Um, mate, the Caps moment is the greatest moment of your career. So it's just that one moment where you're like. Capstone moment. Yeah. So what is Bevy's Caps moment? Uh, I have been thinking about this because I've seen it's a segment. Um, I think. When I so when I was growing up, the Coolangatta Gold was something that you could do in Tasmania. Like anyone can do the Coolangatta Gold. You can enter as like a surf life saving member or a non member. So just twenty three k skis, the endurance one I was talking about. So yeah, I went and did that when I was like sixteen, seventeen, and got smoked, you know, from Tassie. But I loved it. You know, it was just something that was a goal when I was a kid. Whereas like you know, being in the Nutrient Series was never a goal. Like making that series was just a no, not really a feasible thing until I actually got there. So, um, yeah, a bit more of a lifelong goal was to cool and get a gold. So when I won that um, in 2019 and, like, my brother and dad were kind of, like, handling, they get the food and water and, like, they were right at the finish there. And me and Paulie were actually in a sprint finish after us. It was psycho. That's so, like, two childhood mates, sprint finish after four hours. It was skits along Kira Beach. Um, so, yeah, I think that was my that was my caps moments so. that is a special moment there it is the caps cool. moment cool. that is awesome have we got footage of that yeah i can get you some yeah yeah it was on channel nine so we'll tag pulley in that one as yeah, well yeah, 
<laughs> oh, he was a mess. Hey? He tried to, because he got to make a decision in the final leg, run leg to run with shoes or not shoes because it's on sand, right? So it's pretty hard sand. But we got off the board together, so he decided to run past the shoes to get the gap. And he did. He got the gap, and I was terrified because I stopped to put shoes on really quickly. It takes five seconds, but you can get a bit of a gap. So anyway, he tried to run the whole thing barefoot, and his cars were shot to pieces by the time of the end of this so eight yeah, kilometer so run. So he should have taken the shoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That um, is, they're the little gains, are they? A little uh, the professor. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. That's make brilliant. Those decisions on the fly. Mate, we've got the uh, the Rickson retirement. We know you love your Rixies. Yeah, very familiar with these. I know you love your Eclipse, but these are the Melrose. Um, oh, yeah. So a fresh pair. Oh, these do. Champagne, oh, blue lens, premium set up for the Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, these are unreal. Thanks, mate. So another segment, Rickson retirement. Um, one that's quite cheeky, just somewhere where you'd take the Rixies, put them on. Um, and you'd retire. You've been around the world, so I love asking people that have. Sent me these yet? This is the chart. Well, you like the metal ones normally, so I thought yeah, I'd better yeah, throw no, in something new. Are, yeah, the Eclipse are my favourite. Yeah, these are good. Um, Rickson retirement. Where would you <clears throat> love to retire in the world once it's all done with the Ricks eyewear on? Oh, this is such a tricky one, and I, um, yeah, I've got Spain coming up, so I've, I've heard a lot of good things about San Sebastian. So my 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 decision might change, but at this point. Uh, Diamond Head in Hawaii. So um, it's this just south of Waikiki kind of thing. It's um, on this cliff face. It's just got reef breaks to the horizon and just, um, yeah, the most beautiful place in the world, I reckon. So, yeah, Diamond Head, if anyone's been there, go check it out. That is awesome because I haven't been to Hawaii and I told mm. you I'm going to hit you up when we go. Yeah. Um, well, mate, that's that's epic. Thanks so much for your time. It's great to see you. And uh, when does the before we wrap up? When does the season start exactly, so everyone listening can follow your journey and um, start to support you? Yeah, so October, like first weekend of October is when we do the Call and Get a Gold. So go to toe to toe with Ali out the front here, and oh, um, here we go. Yeah, see how we go, and then the Nutrigrain Ironman series kind of starts early December and runs through to the end of February on Channel Nine. So yeah, well everything's over, COVID's over, and no holds, um, no barriers to that. So yeah. Can't wait. Oh, party Check time. We'll have to get you back on just before that. AFL just finishes. I think the spring carnival starts and so does the Ironman. Yeah, we'll so. on the races. Oh, we love it. Get there you go. It. Well, thanks so much for your time, mate. Wishing you nothing but success. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Tommy. Cheers, mate. Cheers, brother. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please feel free to hit us up on our social channels at Osmerican Aces. If you're entertained, inspired, or feel more educated, please share it with your friends and family because we appreciate the support. Righto, catch you on the next one.